0: All right, Cross Church, you ready to dig into the Word? Yeah. Hey, if you got your Bibles, we're in the book of James. I got guys that are going to hand out Bibles, so uh, lift up your hand. They will get you a Bible so you can follow along with us here in the book of James. My name's Greg. I'm the pastor of the Cross. Once again, welcome to all you first-time guests. We're so glad you're here. And all those that may be watching online, we want to invite you to join us. Here. It's so comfortable. Are these pews not comfortable? Come on. Very. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We love it. Hey, uh, let's all stand together because we're going to read a verse as we do out loud. And this one, again, is one of those verses that I would encourage you to put in your highlight in your Bible or memorize. Uh, We talked a little bit about the first part last week. But now it's the second part because all of this pertains to our Bible study today. It kind of lays a foundation to understand uh, this incredible grace that God has given us and that it's not by works, but it's truly a gift of God. So we're going to read this together. You guys ready to read out loud? All right, here we go. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, if you check out that verse, it says, we are his workmanship, and you've heard me if you've been with us before, uh, the Greek word poema, and it means you're his masterpiece, you're his artwork, and he has created you um, for good works. But let me just tell you right now, those good works do not save you. Those works flow from your relationship by grace through faith you've been saved. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we talk about having a living faith, a living faith. It's not a, we don't want to have a dead faith, church. We want to have a living faith. Amen. Amen. All right, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for uh, this opportunity to dig into the book of James. And Lord, I pray now you would lead this time by your spirit. You would help me to teach Lord, the things that you want to say. Help me to expound the word so that we take it, this living and powerful word, that we take it not just as a, I'm going to church, I'm doing this. No, Lord, that I am getting fed life from you. So we pray, Lord, please bless this time, guide this time. May you speak to everyone here and may we walk out of here changed. May we walk out of here to have a living faith. And we ask it in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen, amen. You guys can be seated. Well, if you've been with us for the book of James, then you know that this is a tough ride, right? I mean, he comes at you week in and week out and challenges you to understand, hey, or tests you. Like, are you a Christian? Like, if you go through a trial, how do you handle it? Are you really truly looking at it, as he said, consider it joy when you fall into various trials? Uh, do you realize that God is doing a work in you in the midst of whatever trial you're going through? You see, James then would move into temptations, and he would say, man, it's, you can't blame the devil for it because you got your own evil desires, and so we have to, how do we, Handle those things? How do we live those things out as Christians? And of course, then his emphasis was on the Word of God and how important the Word of God is for you and me. And then we take that Word, we apply it to trials, we apply it to temptations, but we also become doers of the Word, not hearers only. And then last week was all about favoritism, not looking at one person better than I'd look at somebody else. But in this house, man, you come into the house of the Lord, or you come into the Christian's home, it should be we're all on the same plane. It doesn't matter what you drive, what you wear, what you look like, man, we're all in the same place. Why? Well, because the Lord Jesus is the ultimate leveler of all things, and so we get to now come into this place again, and some of you say, yeah, This James thing, it's a little bit much for me. I mean, I'm getting kind of pummeled every week. And it's, it's, but you got to think of it this way. James loves you just like he loves me, right? He loves us. And the reason he's writing this is because he loves us, you know? If I, I say to Gabby in the morning, my wife Gabby, I say, Gabby, does this look okay? I can tell within a millisecond with a facial, like, it's just her eyebrow a certain way. If it's no good... I'm going, okay, I'm changing it. Well, I didn't say anything. No, I could see it. I mean, you don't have to. But she loves me enough to tell me. She's not going to let me walk out here, you know, looking kind of dumb and whatever you want to call, fill in the blank. She just lets me know. That doesn't go with that. No, you can't wear that. Where are your granimals? Let's find the, the lion and match it up with the lion. Come on. I told you, right? But, but in the same way, now... You're wondering, do you do that for Gabby? I am super smart, and she looks good in everything, okay? There you go. It's a Valentine's tip for all you da- you husbands out there. Yeah. Yes, honey, you look awesome. <laughs> Either one. Whatever outfit you want, all, all five of those, those look great. <laughs> I love them all. So, now, <laughs> it is James. I feel like James is just saying to you and I, Hey, I love you guys, but I'm going to get in your face. I'm going to tell you the truth. I want you to know the truth. I want you to know whether or not you really are a Christian. And isn't that what it means to have a relationship with Jesus? Like, I'm in a relationship with him. I don't want you to ever feel like, oh, yeah, I just kind of go in, pop out, and this is it for you. No, I want you to know that you know that you know that you have a relationship with the mighty God through his son, Jesus Christ. Not because of any work you do, but because of the work that he did for you on the cross. See, when we enter into that relationship, then all of this becomes much more important where we get to hear, wow, okay, James, and he's going to challenge us again today. James is about to kind of say to you and I, just like Paul did, you remember Paul in 2 Corinthians said, hey, uh, examine yourself to see if you're a Christian, see if you're in the faith what test yourself yeah see if you're really are you are you there well what what does that mean well here in James we're going to see in James chapter 2 we're going to pick it up in verse 14 as we discover this living faith here's what he says what does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works can faith save him And automatically you're kind of going, wait a second, isn't he saying that works save him? Didn't you just read me that verse? Paul said, it's by grace through faith you've been saved, not of works, it's a gift of God. Wait, 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 isn't it, aren't we as workmanship created in Christ Jesus? He's got this plan, he's got works for us to do. Yes, all of that is true. But it doesn't mean that James is saying here that you have to work to be saved. Okay? Yeah, it becomes, for you and I, this opportunity to see, wow, okay, what does it profit, my brethren? So he's saying, if somebody says here in the body, well, I've got faith, but I don't show anything, there's no, if you look at what it means, kind of, well, what does that word mean, works, if you would, well, it's it's one that, it's an act, a deed, a thing done, a doing. It's us as Christians, hey, we're We're doing the things that God has called us to do. We're obeying God, you know, where Jesus said, if you love me, you're gonna obey my commandments. So I hear what he says, I hear what the word says, and I begin to do it. I have the fruit of the spirit in my life, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness, self-control. I've got all that. And then there's all sorts of other things. And now some of you are going, but that's way too much. Like, how do I do it? You'll never be able to do it on your own. It is all by the power of Jesus Christ in you, by his spirit. And when you start to try to do the works on your own, man, you fail. You fail miserably because you're, you're, you're not depending on the Lord Jesus. I've told this story before, but I remember when it, before I was in ministry, I was in the modeling business and I would travel all over the world and I was on a, a, a time in my life where I said, oh man, I'm not going to this is before I was a Christian. I'm not going to party anymore. I'm not going to sleep around with girls anymore. I'm, I'm going to take this. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to be, man, I'm going to be strong because I grew up in a Christian household. I said a prayer when I was a kid. But you see, it was much more professing than it was practicing, which we'll talk about in a minute. And it wasn't long before I've, I went right back to where I was. Why? Well, because I didn't do what that, I didn't do what that song we just sang, that beautiful new song. Isn't that a great song, that new one, right? I, I, I surrender my whole life now. I didn't do that. I was just trying to figure out, well, all right, I'm not going to do this. Well, how are you not going to do that? Well, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to say no. Good luck. Now, I needed the power of Jesus Christ in me. And once he changed my life, my whole world changed. And that's what you and I need. So here, here, here's what... Uh, This first thought, if you're taking note, is this. A living faith produces works. A living faith produces works. Because if you can imagine it this way, gang, faith is the root and works are its fruit. Faith is the root. It's by grace through faith I've been saved. Faith is the root and the works are the fruit. So it comes naturally. It, It if it's alive, a living, a, a faith, well, then I know there's going to be fruit there. You know, we, we have in our backyard, we were sharing with a friend of ours how Gabby has like recreated the backyard. When she married me, it was just like a cement slab. And now there's like this beautiful garden back there because she's like, oh, do you mind if I add some plants? I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, do whatever, babe. It's all, it's all together us, you know, we're one here. And so it wasn't just one plant. Now we've got like a jungle out back, you know. No, but it's awesome. It's awesome. But she found this one plant at like Home Depot. I think I've told you the story, but, you know, it was like dying. It looked bad, and, and she, she planted it, and uh, so sure enough, she kept fertilizing it. It looked like, I think it was Home Depot, but she, she, she began to do all the work to fertilize, to grow it, to put it in the right condition, right? Because guess what? It had a root, and she didn't even know what it was but it had a root of these little tiny limes that are full of flavor. And all of a sudden, we started getting limes. And I'm like, dude, you can plant as many trees as you want. (laughs) Why? Well, because we got fruit. We got the fruit, man, because the root was already there. It just needed to be nourished, and then the fruit would grow. Listen, you and I, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of works lest any man should boast and he says james said hey if you if someone says he has faith but does not have works and it and, and you look at the greek and what it's saying here because i know that some people will show up your door and knock and try to uh, the jehovah witness mormons whatever it may be and they'll try to tell you well you got look have you read this verse and if you don't understand it then in context because we always read the bible in context you would think, oh, well, I guess works save you. No, what that really means is, can this type of faith save him? Can this type of faith really save him? Like, if there's no works, what kind of faith would it be, right? If there's no fruit, what kind of faith can you really show what that work is? And if we are in this relationship, then we love God, we want to obey Him, we want to follow Him, and we have this opportunity to know Him. Yeah, I want to, listen, Valentine's Day, guys, as Ray said, you know, it's Wednesday. You, yeah, okay, it's my, I hope it's not the only day you love your wife, but, you know, it, it's the day, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love her, I'm gonna care for her, I, yeah, I'm to make sure it's special, right, yeah, great, great, we love that, but you you want to Continue to love. Why, why do we do that? Well, you love because you, you, you want to do things because, man, you, you want to bless them. You love them. And you'll do it during the other times of your life, too. Like, I don't know if you guys heard from our social media, but Gabby became an American citizen. My wife became an American citizen. Yeah. That, there she is. Yeah. She didn't know I was putting a picture up there. But she became an American citizen. But the funniest part was, like, I would quizzer, you know, she had all these hundred questions, you know, where you're going through all the civil tests and I learned everything about our country now, so you can ask me anything. I know everything about our country. It's pretty amazing, right? You go through all these questions, but she was like 100% all the time, but you know, she's super nervous because she was afraid they were gonna ask her, like the tough one, her mind would get messed up because she was nervous or whatever and give them, give them the wrong answer, and so she didn't wanna get kicked out of the country. I'm like, babe, they're not gonna kick you out of the country, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so so we're, 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 we're driving up, and we, uh, you know, as we're going, and I took time off. I wanted to be with her. I wanted to make sure that hey, because this is a special moment, man. And for her, it was incredible because she loves this country. I'm telling you, she's like more American than most Americans. You know, American. She's. i like, you got to start talking like an American now. Yeah. <laughs> but she's she's so into it, and it was such a blessing to see. But. The reason I did that or wanted to quiz her or whatever, it was because I love her and I want to help her. I want to guide her along. I want to be a part. Guess what? God loves you. God loves you. And if we love him, if we obey him, we're going to obey. We're going to do things. We're going to change. Our works are going to be our fruit. We're going to see things in our life. It's going to be different, you guys. You and I should not be the same person as we were whenever you be, first became a Christian, right? And I'm not saying you got to be perfect, right? But I'm telling you, there should be some change. This is what James is saying. He's like, hey, man, you got to make sure you know, that you have that kind of love that is going to be so deep that, man, this kind of faith without works, it's not going to save you. That's, that's not it. You know, John Calvin, theologian, He wrote this, it's faith alone that justifies, but faith that justifies can never be alone. It's faith alone that justifies. Yeah, it's by grace through faith we've been saved. It justifies, just as if I've never done it. That's how God looks at you, a justification of faith. Like your sins are no longer seen by God. He sees you as righteous because of what Jesus did for you, and by you believing in him. So now you are justified by your faith, not by any works, and justifies uh, faith that justifies can never be alone it's always going to be connected that's the good that's the encouragement right James is like man this is that encouragement that's that kind of all right I want to do that now check out what happens in James chapter 2 and I love this in verse 15 if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does that profit? That's also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. It's that it's dead. It's, you know, it's not alive. It does no action. There's no energy. Have you ever walked out to your car, and you turn it over, and it's like, doesn't turn over, right? It's like, oh man. Now, I'm not a car expert, but I'll I'll pop the hood, jiggle a few things around, and I go, honey, I think we have a dead battery here. Yeah, feels like a dead battery, sure enough, and so we charge it. You get a jump, right? But when it's dead, there's no action. There's no energy. You see, living faith is going to have some action living faith is going to display in fact part of that action second thought displays compassion and care because look at this example he gives right he says well if a brother or sister is neck uh, is is <laughs> sorry a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them depart in peace be warmed and filled but you don't give them the things which are needed, What does it profit? In other words, somebody comes in, you see somebody, and they're hurting, they're hungry, and it's like, man, they're a brother and sister in Christ, and you go, oh, man, oh, man. Hey, man, peace to you, and hey, uh, I hope you stay warm. I'm going to pray for you and uh, pray everything's good, man. All right? God bless you. All right? Remember that verse, all things work together for good for those who love God. Okay? So it's going to work together for good. Remember, James said, consider it all joy. It's like, what? Wait a second. And you and I have stuff we could potentially, let me get you something to eat. Let me go ahead and buy you the burger. Let me go ahead and get whatever it may be. Let me give you some clothes, man why do we why do we say no because maybe our faith is dead so you got to ask yourself do you have compassion and care does your heart grieve for people that maybe are hurting do you are you like Jesus you know Jesus I love this area in Matthew 15 32 um, he said to his disciples I have compassion on the multitude, he had over 4,000, probably around 10,000, because they have continued with me for three days, and have nothing to eat, and I don't want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way, yeah, I don't want to send them away hungry, unless they they could faint on the way, Jesus is looking at thousands of people, and he's got compassion, he's not like, hey, peace out, all right, y'all figure it out, no, 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 hey, peace to you, all right, no, he says, "Man, I got. I'm moved with compassion for this person. You see, living faith is you're going to be moved with compassion. You're going to be moved with compassion and care. I guarantee it. It's going to change your world. You're, you're not going to be able to walk by somebody without your heart grieving, right?" And I know many of you, you've told me stories. Yeah, I was talking to this person, I ended up buying him a meal. And you're not trying to tell me like, hey, I need to get some pastor points, so let me go ahead and make sure he knows I bought this guy a meal. No, no, no. There's people in this body that do things for the hurting that are unbelievable, man. And I, they, don't, they, they tell me because we're friends or something comes up or we're talking about it. Oh, man, this happened, this happened. Man, that's the picture of faith, you see? inaction it, it's the fruit remember faith is the root the works are the fruit so you see I see we look and we realize okay well this is what I want to do I I don't want to be somebody that just says hey man peace be warmed and you don't give him anything no then we're then we're really not living it out are we then we're not really see this is where James is getting in your face. He's challenging you and I. Hey, are you a Christian? Like, you should have this kind of attitude. If you don't, you need to check yourself. You need to figure out, am I, am I living or am I dead? Because, I, I, listen, there's, Jesus said this. Many are going to come to me in my name and say, Lord, Lord, we cast out demons in your name. We, we prophesied in your name. And you know what he said to them? He said, away from me. I never knew you. What? But they did things? Yeah. Because we can get so caught up in religiosity and churchianity that we forget that it's Jesus, who we're following, it's Christianity, and we want to live for him. And by living for him, I look at his life, and I'm going to be a doer of what he does. I want to be more like him. Man, am I perfect? No. But man, is this book challenging me? Yes. Is this book t- telling me, hey man, step out of your comfort zone, people, because we got to live it and not let anybody ever look at your life and say, well, that's kind of a dead faith. You remember, Paul, what did he say? Hey, you're his workmanship. It's like poema, masterpiece. You're like an art piece. If they came into the gallery of the cross church, the art gallery, what are they going to see when they see the masterpiece? Are they going to go, wow, that thing is full of life, full of joy, full of... Wow, and this one? I don't know, I can't really... It's really dark and dingy. I don't really like that. What is he trying to say? No, I want your life to be a shining representation of the masterpiece that God is making in you. I want my life to be like that too. So check out what happens as uh, we go back and uh, we see, well, really, this opportunity where he says, hey, uh, you know, thus faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Now, here's a thought, though. I know some of you are probably thinking, yeah, but... I don't want to just help everybody. Like, you know, all the guys on the corner at Sheridan and 95, you know, you come off. It's like, there's always, I, I met somebody out there one time. I, I tried to ask him like, hey, so what's your story? Like, what brought you out here? Well, I, I just, uh, you know, I said, but you, you actually look like you're okay. Like, tell me what happened. Well, and I don't know if it was the spirit of God that convicted her, but she just said, well, to be honest with you, uh, yeah, I have a job. I just recently lost my job, but I actually have I go, do you have a place to stay? Yeah, I've got an apartment. And you have a roommate or something? Yeah, I've got a roommate. So she was just out there getting cash. I'm like, what are you getting like a meal? Uh, so how do we balance that, right? How do you balance that in your life? Well, check it out. It's Philippians chapter one. This is uh, one of these verses that, again, this is nine through 11. And this is Paul. This is a beautiful prayer that Paul prayed. As he, as he encourages the church at Philippi. He says, In this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So what's he saying? Man, I want your love to be abounding. I want it to be abounding. I, I want you to see those things, approve those things, and, and, you know, confirm those things that are excellent. You can be sincere, but what did he say? More and more in knowledge and all discernment. I want your love to have knowledge and discernment. I want you to have discernment as you're out there loving on people. Think about it for a second. So wait, if somebody's hungry, do you feed them every time? Well, I'm going to pray and ask God, Lord, is this person, maybe they're a prodigal, And maybe God wants them to get that food. Maybe he wants to be encouraged. Or maybe God is trying to get their attention. And if I get in the way, I just enable them to stay where they're at. You see, that's where we have to pray for discernment, right? Now, I'm not giving you an excuse not to love and not to show fruit and not to be doing your works, right? I'm not, oh, pastor said I got discernment, so not that one, you know. I need you to pray by the Holy Spirit, like, Lord, do you want me to speak to this person, help this person, whatever it might be? But I'm just saying we want to have discernment for sure, you know, because you know, in Thessalonians, Paul would say, hey man, if a man shall not work, he shall not eat. That's a pretty heavy verse. It's like, if a guy doesn't work, he just shouldn't eat. So we have to look, and it's like packaging all this. Like, oh, I want to be compassionate. I want to have care. But, but I, I want to have discernment. And I want to, if somebody's not working, or does he want to work, can I get you a job, you know? Listen, I was blessed this last week. There was a, gentleman that was here at the church needed food and you know um, we were able to give him some food good thing I'm reading James right and uh, but do you know what I love what I was so blessed is that he came back this morning he came stayed for Bible study on Thursday but he came back this morning for church and not only did he come back for church he came early now you may say well he's living on the streets right well but he was dressed and looked good, and he came, and he goes, hey, can I sweep up your, your driveway out there, your parking lot? Come on, man. Are you kidding me? You just won me over. I, I need to. Can we help? Ha, ha. And he said, yeah, you can't believe, Pastor, what God did. He blessed me. Some, just God blessed me with this money, and I, I just can't tell you how. It's just, wow. So you never know. It's like, yeah, yeah yeah exactly not for me for God for him right and and what his heart was to say hey man i'm i'm going to i want to i want to do that i want to be a doer i love that heart man yeah it's not an excuse for not loving helping or serving we want our faith to be active and then paul says this in verse 18 but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Okay, so he's saying, well, someone, now somebody else says, well, you have faith and I have works. And I think it's good to, let me just give you a little balance of foundation here too. Because when you read Paul in Ephesians 2, and he's talking about, man, it's, it's by grace you've been saved through faith, right? It's a gift of God. And now you see James, and what does he say? Well, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. What? What is he saying? Is he saying that I'm, I'm, I'm really truly? No, no, no. you got to remember, Paul was writing to a group of Gentile and people that were, and, and many people who were, what we call Judaizers, they were trying to, and Gnostics, who were trying to b- 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 weigh on people's lives, like, oh, you got the gospel, you got Jesus, and Jesus died on the cross for you, and he, His blood that was shed on the cross is enough to forgive your sins. Well, that's good, but, you see, you got to add this component too. You got to do this. You got to then do that. So that's why Paul was so adamant. It's by grace, through faith, you've been saved. It's not of works. No, because these guys are trying to throw these works. Well, you got to do this. Well, you got to do that. You know, there's some churches out there that will tell you, well, you got to be baptized even in our church in order to get saved. No, you don't. That's not biblical. That's not scriptural. Baptism is not a means to salvation. Baptism is purely an outward expression of inward change that's already happened in your life. It's already gone down. My life in Christ has already started. Baptism, that water baptism, man, it is just a picture of what's already transpired in my heart. But then, you f- you, it's, like, it's like Paul and James you ever watch a, like a good spy movie where they're shooting, you know, they're surrounded now by guys and one guy's back-to-back with the other guy, right? So here's Paul, he's, back to, he's back-to-back with James. He's shooting that, not shooting, but he's throwing the word out at all the people that are saying, you got to add this, you got to add that. And then here's here's James and he's dealing with who? He's dealing with the Hebrews. He's dealing with people that have been Well, these are scattered. They're Jewish people that had to obey the law, the 613 commandments. And if they didn't do that, man, oh, yeah, they were were done or they had to go through this ritual or that ritual. So it was all about works. So now they're saying, well, I mean, I love this grace thing. I'm all about the grace, but I don't have to do anything anymore. You see, they're both hitting the same thing. They're just saying, no, no, no. It's faith that saves you, but the works still flow from your faith, man. It's faith that saves you by grace. It's it's by grace. It's not of works. Don't ever depend on your works. Hey, James is not telling to depend on the works. He's just saying the works should be a fruit of the root of faith. So, So we have to realize that this third thought for you is a living faith is practiced, not just professed. Yeah, it's practiced, not just professed. Yeah, I know, listen, Super Bowl today, right? Come on, we haven't even talked about it, all right. Some of you are like, finally, he's talking about the Super Bowl, all right. But here's my question, all right? Most of you are Dolphins fans. Any Dolphins fans in the house here? Yeah, yeah, come on. I'm a Dolphins fan, but of course, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, I'm a Steelers fan, and so that's kind of my, I know, I know. But here's the deal, whether you're a Dolphins fan, a Steelers fan, or whatever fan, Today, you have to pick which team. This is the question I got most here this morning. Who are you going for? Who you got? Who's your team today? Who's going to win? And I prophesied. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't. That's No. Hey, listen. Here's the thing, though. I pick a team. I'm picking the Niners because, you know, I love that kid, Brock. Okay. I love that kid, Brock Purdy, man. He loves Jesus, and he's not afraid to share it. That's the thing I love about him. Some of you are going, you just jinxed him, just like you did the dolphins when you brought up the dolphins. (laughs) I'm sorry. But here's the thing. I'm a Niners fan today, okay? I don't have a jersey, all right? I don't have a hat. But I'll be rooting for the Niners, right? But if you're a real Niners fan, dude, you got like a throwback jersey. You've got autographed copies of photos of, you know, quarterbacks, probably Joe Montana. I I mean, I got a buddy of mine who's part of our team, Mark. He is a serious Niners fan and he loves the Niners. And he's not here today. He told me he was sick. Mm, yeah, right. Sure, Mark. Sure, you're sick. No, he is. He was sounded bad. He sounded bad. Gabby said, yeah, I heard him on the phone. Sounded bad. Or, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Like, I could do that, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible day to be in church. <laughs> but, you know, but honestly... I know if he wasn't sick, which I know he is, but if he wasn't sick, he'd be throwing a Super Bowl party. And he'd be invited. He wants to hang out with Niners fans. He wants to hang out with people. He doesn't mind if they're a cheese fan probably, but he might have them sit in the card table in the other room. But he wants, to, he wants the Niners fans to be around. He, he has the food. He's, he's probably, man, if you're a diehard Niners fan, you're probably following their webpage, following their text messages. You're probably on their Instagram. You're doing all of those things. Why? Because, man, you're all in. So James would say, okay, are you all in? Or are you just wearing the jersey for today? Is it just on Sundays you wear the jersey? Or are you all in every day, 24-7? You see, that's the, that's the rub, right? It's like, all right, it's practiced; It's not just professed. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't see any fruit. I don't see that fruit. And, and some of you are going, right now you're going, oh, but that verse, everybody knows. Judge not, lest you be judged, Pastor Greg. Gang, that's all about condemnation. That's all about, do I know if somebody's going to be going to hell or not? I can, if you tell me you're a Christian, I certainly can look at the fruit of your life. And if I see something out, I can say, hey, man, I love you like James loves me. And I'm going to say to you what the truth is. If you don't speak the truth, then we don't really love them. Amen? So so here's the thing, though. Here's what he says, though, other than that. He says, hey, you believe there's one God? You do well. Yeah, even the demons believe and tremble. It, it's this, obviously, this is a, the, the Jewish people. He's writing, remember, James is writing to the Jewish believers, the Hebrew believers, and he's saying, hey, man, you, you, uh, you believe there's one God. That was the Shema, right? This is Deuteronomy 6. And Four through like 10. And this is what it says. Uh, I won't read the whole thing. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And then these words I command you, uh, that you'll be in your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and your gates. This was repeated every morning and sometimes evening in a Jewish home. Why? Well, because Shema means here. Here, O Israel, here. The Lord God is one. So James is saying, hey, you believe the Lord is one. Guess what? Even the demons believe. What? Yeah. Just so you know, for those of you maybe new to the Bible, demons are real but where did they come from? Well, Satan, who was, in fact, uh, who is the enemy of God, and by the way, Satan is was an angel in heaven. He was like a, a worship leader. He, he was beautiful. The Bible describes him uh, certainly has power, that, but God made him, okay? He made him, but Satan rebelled against God, and then with a third of the angels was cast out of heaven, and now Satan is the prince of this world, the ruler of this world, and he rules with the demonic forces that you and I don't see. What? And they're the demons? Yes. But here's the thing. Don't ever believe that Satan is more powerful than Jesus. He's not. Look at Scripture, right? You look through all this Scripture. In fact, this word, when you look at the Amplified, it's tremble, it's shudder and terror and horror. Uh, Think about that. So the demons believe and tremble, so they shudder in terror and horror. The demons uh, have are in awe-filled terror. They have seen his wrath. Yeah, because every time, if you don't have never been through the Gospels, every time Jesus would come where there was a demon-possessed person or a demon-possessed wherever demon whatever, Jesus would the demon would go crazy within the person. They'd start convulsing. They'd start speaking to Jesus saying, hey, I know why you're here. Or, hey, can you cast this out into those pigs as opposed to into uh, the, the outer darkness? Why? Because they knew Jesus had power over them. So many times we, we think, well, man, I, I've got a demon in me because i got a demon of Whatever, you fill in the blank. Some churches have taught you that, maybe growing up. You got that demon of lust, or you got that demon of of, uh, cheating, or you got that demon of whatever. Gang, that's just sin. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Jesus died on the cross and defeated all of that. You don't have to get delivered from any of that. You and I were delivered when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Now, the hard part is, hey man, i got to be a doer and a, a, a walker in the word, not just a talker. I, I don't want to just listen, i got to live it. I want to have a living faith. So, yes, what, what is this part of your life that needs to be surrendered to God? Is it lust? Is it cheating? Is it lying? Is it whatever? Fill in the blank. Now, it's this opportunity where James is saying, listen, the demons believe, but they tremble. In other words, and here's the crazy part. They, there's no atheist demon, okay? That's what this is telling. Like. There, there's not one demon that's an atheist out there. Like, you're not going to be like, well, hey, I'm kind of, talk to a demon. They're not going to be like, well, I'm not really sure. I'm kind of agnostic about God. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not sure if I can know. No, they tremble because the power of Jesus over them, the power of God over them. Hey, gang, don't let fear of, well, this, what's going to, I don't know, this is going to get me? No, man, I got Jesus. I I heard this story of this little girl, and they were in a Sunday school class, and they said, well, what do you do when maybe, you know, Satan tries to come and get you and tempt you with something? And she said, well, I asked Jesus to come into my heart. So I just say, when there's Satan knocking at the door, I say, Jesus, could you go get that for me? (laughs) I love that. Simple, right? Simple but effective. Like, hey, yeah, Jesus, can you just go get that? Because I mean, you got all power over all that. I don't need to be like, well, I gotta go now and get anointed by Greg because I got this demon. Please don't know. If you're a Christian, guess what? greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? Yeah. So you got to realize, do we wrestle against flesh and blood? No. Is there a spiritual realm? Yes. Ephesians 6 tells us, man, there is a battle that's going on. But it doesn't mean that we can't win the battle with the power of Jesus and the word of God and prayer. Amen? Yeah. I should just end it right there, but I can't. Hey, listen. You and I, we want to have living faith it's more than just professing. Demons will profess. Yeah, I believe God. But they're not surrendered. You may know some people that are Christians, right? And you go Or say they're Christians. But they're not living it out. That's between them and the Lord at this point. You can pray for them. But you and I, church, cross church, please, let's not be professing. Let's be practicing. Let's live it out. I don't want you to ever be unsure of what you where you're going when you die, that your sins can be forgiven with your faith in Jesus Christ. All right, go back with me, and this, this little section needs some explanation, but this is verse 20 to 26, and it says this, but you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? It's fruitless. It's, it's dead. Wasn't that Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. And then verse 24, you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So this can be confusing because you can look and go, I don't get it. Like, I'm trying to, I'm having a hard time. Like, all right, wait. So Abraham was justified by works when he offered Isaac but we know from Genesis 15 if you go back there uh, you know God had promised these generations for to come that you know if you don't know the story Abraham he was old in age he, he he wanted to have a son. He thought he could never have a son. He had already compromised, had had basically sons with his his wife's maidservant, and now Sarah's beyond childbearing. And there's he's like, oh man, I'm like really, I I, I thought you you know I would get a son, and God promised him. He promised him that, man, you look into the stars and you you can't count the numbers. So shall your descendants be. And. It says there that Abraham believed and it was accounted to him as righteousness. So Abraham believed God. Like, you're going to give me a son, okay? So righteousness, he's, he's already like right there is justification. Now what happens? God asks Abraham in the midst of, man, all of this beauty of, man, you have a son. and Can you imagine the joy he felt and him and Sarah and they have this, this boy, and then when Isaac, he says to him, hey, I want you to take your son, your only son, and I want you to take him up, and I want you to sacrifice him. What? Why, Lord? What? And then he put him on an altar, and basically his son was like, uh, Dad, where's, where's the ram? Where's the... Oh, and the Lord himself will provide the ram, the offering." You see, because this whole thing was a picture of what Jesus would do for you and me. But what happened was, Abraham, he had faith already. And taking that, as he's about to plunge the knife into his son, because he's obeying the Lord, and some of you are going, that is crazy, this Bible's nuts, what in the world? But as he's about to do that, it took faith for that work to actually happen. So the faith is already there for him to believe. Because he believed, the Bible tells us, he believed that God would raise his son up from the dead. That's crazy. So he already believed. So, in fact, it's not a work that justified him. It was his faith that it was accounted to him for righteousness. But the work is all a part of that confirming what that faith had already done. You guys get it? So it's not like, oh, if somebody comes to you and goes, well, you got to look at this verse and you got to see that he's the father Abraham and and you 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 have to know that uh, this is what uh, you have to believe that it's about work. No, man. No. No, it's a living faith, last thought. It displays a surrendered life. A living faith's going to display a surrendered life. You know, you think about Jesus in the garden, right? Garden of Gethsemane, before he goes to the cross, what did he pray? Oh, Lord, if there's any way this cup could pass for me, but not my will, but your will be done. If there's any way, Lord, if there's any way this cup could pass, but not my will, but your will be done. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want, Lord, there to be in my life not surrendered. Jesus was surrendered. He was like, Lord, is there any way like people could get to heaven, be forgiven of their sins without me having to go to the cross? Is there any way that any of this could happen in my life? But not my will, but your will be done. So Jesus, he he basically surrendered. And then you and I, we get this opportunity to surrender. So now Rahab, check it out, so you go back and you realize Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works, When she received the messengers and sent them out another way. Who's Rahab? This is what's cool about the Bible, right? uh, James gives you two pictures of people. Abraham, he's a father of faith. He's going to be the one who's a friend of God. He's, man, he's got all this, even though, granted, he didn't have faith all the time because, you know, he told his wife to lie about being his sister. You remember that story? Well, yeah. And so it's kind of like, wow, God, you've got a lot of grace. Call this guy the father of faith, right? And he's uh, in the faith, the hall of faith but then you got Rahab. Do you know who Rahab was? She's a prostitute. Don't you love God? It's like, hey, if you walked into this house and you thought, I I don't know if I belong in here, guess what? Prostitute is part of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Rahab's in the genealogy. We talked about it last week. So here you go. You go, okay, Now, it doesn't mean that Jesus condones your prostitution or that any type of sexual immorality or the stuff that in your life. It's not we condone it, but he loves you and he has the power to change you, whatever that may be in your life, right? So here's the thing. So Rahab's a prostitute. So now... What happened with her is she's in Jericho. She lived in the wall because a lot of the prostitutes lived in the wall and the guys would come in and they'd stay with the prostitute. And so here's Rahab. She basically sees what God has done. She sees everything and she tells the the people, man, I've seen what your God has done. I've heard about him. Everybody's trembling about him. Um, I I want to help you guys, basically. Can you save me? Because she believed in their God. See, she already had faith to believe. She didn't say, hey, if I do this, will you do this? Uh, You know, she already believed like, hey, I'll do this for you. And they said, yeah, we're going to remember you here. Tie this scarlet cord around your window and we will come and protect you. So she hid them. But check it out. Was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So what is James saying there? Hey, Rahab, she she believed. And she hid those guys, hid the spies. They came to try to get the spies. Where are the spies? She ended up lying to them. Uh, Doesn't mean that God condones the lie, but she, she ended up protecting these guys, right? And so what happens is she, Rahab, the prostitute, Saves this battle to to take down Jericho. She's a part of that. Why? Because she had faith to believe in this God who could do anything. And she had fear and trembling in her heart and she wanted to honor him. So then she did the work. So it's the work that's a part of the faith. Again, the faith is the root. The works are the fruit. So we get to, you get to, I get to see this happen in my life. And when you look at this, and I love this this section in verse 18, someone will say, you have faith and I have works? Show me your faith without your works. Like, how do you prove that? How do you show your faith without showing up? Like, you can't show, like, well, here's my certificate from attending church they gave me. We don't give a certificate. Well, here's my badge that I got serving. No, 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 that doesn't save you. No, what's going to save you is show me. In fact, the baptism. It's like, if you haven't been baptized, show me. Get baptized. It's not a means of salvation. It's honestly an obedience to Christ. It's you going in front of people. And I know some of you are nervous and like, well, I can't do that. But God would say, yes, you can. You just got to say, yes, I'm going to take that step of faith. Titus 1, verse 16 said this. They profess to know God. But in works, they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Cross church, I don't want that to be us. James is in your face today saying, Hey, are you all in? Are you just wearing the jersey for today? When you watch that game later on, you're rooting for your team, and then you go back to rooting for your own team, your real team, just remember, man, I wanna be all in. I wanna think about, Lord, what you wanna change in me so that my root of my faith would produce the fruits That's it. I'll live different. I'll look different. People are going to see me as a different. The masterpiece will begin to take shape if you're willing to let Jesus work in your life. So I want to pray for us. God, we thank you for your word. I thank you for just, Lord, the opportunity we get to glorify you in our lives. Lord, the works that you give us to do, bring glory to you. I pray, Jesus, please help us, strengthen us. Help us not to get intimidated by a world that says, well, you got to do this, this, and that to fit in. But help us to stand strong in our faith. Help us to produce works that please and honor you. Lord, help our faith to be strong. And I pray for anybody that doesn't know you here today, Lord Jesus, that you would help them to come to a place where they surrender their life to you. And So we thank you. We pray you bless this day, the rest of our afternoon. and We ask it all in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen, Amen. amen. Hey, if you don't know Jesus, man, we're going to, close out in a worship song and after that I'll be down front, I would love to talk to you to help you and to begin that journey what does it mean? well you admit you're a sinner, you believe that Jesus is the Savior, he's the one who came and died, that his blood shed that his body beaten was the payment for you and if you want to have the promise of eternal life, it begins with surrender to him and that's it You confess him as Lord. You believe him. That he rose from the dead. And you're going to be saved. So we'll be here. We'd love to pray with you. Love to encourage you. Let's all stand together. We want to sing loud. Amen.